Hey, Courtney. Hey, Sasha. You know, there's a curse on all of the monuments in D.C. so that you can't just look at one. Whoa, really? Why? You have to look at them all. <laughs> a wee it's bit of DC balance. humor. Spoop Hour, a paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two Halloweenies. This is Sasha. This is Courtney. And the joke there is because the National Mall is in fact not a mall. It's where all of the monuments in D.C. are. Yeah. You can find us on the internet at Spoop Hour on Instagram and Twitter. And you can always email us at spoophour@gmail.com. You sure can. Yeah. Cool. How you doing? Anything spooky <laughs> happened to you this week? <laughs> I'm very tired. I realize that I've said that like the last three, but this time, really, I am very tired. Yeah. Yes. Two spooky things happened to me this week. One, we've discovered most floors aren't soundproof. Mm -hmm. I think everybody who's lived in an apartment has been aware of this fact. And we have discovered that the downstairs neighbor that I may one day haunt likes to listen to loud music. So... (gasps) On Friday night, and, like, it's during reasonable hours, and if we turn the TV on, we can't really hear it, but, like, Friday night, he was blasting some, like, early aughts, screamo, emo. Oh, no! Like, mighty, mighty boss tones, newfound glory. Like, so we were being haunted by an emo ghost on Friday night. Damn. (laughs) Which was really, I was like, oh, okay, he seems to be going through it, so okay. And then... Yesterday, we noticed Jack has this spray bottle of mineral oil because he has a fancy cutting board that you're supposed to, like, spray with oil to keep it in, like, good shape. Yeah. Because it's made out of wood. It's not, like, a plastic one. That'd be weird. So yesterday, he noticed that there was this big puddle of oil around it. And so he picked Mm -hmm. it up and was cleaning it up. And then we set it back down to see where the leak was coming from. And there's no leak on the bottle. Mm -hmm. Like... We checked it, we watched it, we let it sit for a couple hours, nothing. So as near as we can tell, somehow it sprayed itself. It might be the plastic itself. Yeah? Yeah, like sometimes if, sometimes if you've had, sometimes certain oils shouldn't be put in plastic bottles for too long because Mm -hmm. it can leak itself out through the plastic so there's not like an actual hole we were expecting it if that were the case then you know presumably it would have leaked again it hasn't okay it was just the one off so it was a ghost that sprayed it interesting to oil something (laughs) so it's a really oily ghost into some weird shit i don't how about you did anything spooky happen to you this week (laughs) i don't like that imagery of an oily ghost (laughs) (laughs) yeah I, i didn't i don't think i talked about this on the last episode Slash, I can't really... Time has no meaning or anything. Sure. 
my dog, like, yeeted herself out of her harness, which is, like, a vest-style harness that has Velcro and, like, a clip. Yep. So she shouldn't have been able to get out. Yeah. So that was So she's spooky. a little escape artist? She's a little escape artist. I went walking around the lake near my parents' house yesterday, mm-hmm. and I saw a bald eagle. That was cool. <gasps> Spooky America. Yeah. Spooky America. And then, <laughs> I guess is isn't spooky, it's just very surprising. I'm getting my first COVID vaccine shot this week. Yay! <laughs> Unexpe- not unexpectedly, but I was very surprised that I was going to get one in January. I was, like, fully prepared to wait until, like, March. Yeah. So that's that's, that's the spooky great, thing for me. Yay! Also, just the endless marching on of time. Sure. It's just always spooky. Nothing spookier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, because, like, I moved to D.C., but legally, I don't think I'm a D.C. resident yet, because my license and everything is still for Virginia, because I can't get mm-hmm. an appointment at the DMV, so I don't think I can get a shot in D.C., because I don't have a D.C. ID, right. so do I go to where I used to live and get a shot there? So I'm going to call my doctor and be like, what do? <laughs> well... I know that one of some of my coworkers who live in Virginia were like half ready before they said anything about teacher vaccines were half ready to go basically camp out in a grocery store parking lot in mm-hmm. DC to try to get a shot that way. Yeah. And they're from Virginia, so I yeah, think I've been, that I've been is getting fine. DC COVID vaccine update emails and they're basically right now they're like they're essentially in they're only doing people over 65 and healthcare workers right now. Mm-hmm. But it's it's always DC residents who are over 65 and or those who are healthcare workers. And I'm like, okay, so when you eventually open it up, will you give one to me? Or right. <laughs> I just want to be vaccinated. That's all. Yeah. Well, hang in there, baby. The other spooky thing that happened is we're letting the cats wander now. And... Benedict, my boyfriend's cat, is in love with my cat. He loves her deeply and with the blind devotion of a himbo simp, which is what he is. The problem is my cat, I think, is just put off because he's a lot bigger than her because he's, you know, 13 and a half pounds. She's 10. So he's he's physically bigger than her. And she's like, what the fuck, man? So she's kind of terrified of him, which manifests in her being kind of a dick. So she hisses at him. But mm. because he's a big idiot himbo simp, he's like, oh, this means she loves me <laughs> and, like, ah. does not respect boundaries. So right now she's in the guest room with me to record and he is outside the door, periodically nudging the door and just going, because what Hello. if she forgets he loves her? What if she forgets he loves her? <laughs> and that's, Aww. we keep telling him, we're like, Benedict, make good choices. And to him, that means get as close to her as possible. Got it. <laughs> that's so funny. So... Oh, I just thought of when you said that, like, Benedict is in love with Zelda, and it's not exactly, like, reciprocal. (laughs) I've been playing a lot of the game Hades lately, Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about all the Greek mythology we've talked about in the past. There's this whole, like, subplot about Eurydice and Orpheus. Aww. And basically, you find Eurydice in Asphodel, and you kind of put two and two together that, like, oh... Orpheus, who lives in my house and says he can't sing anymore because he lost his muse, Eurydice was his muse, yep. and she basically just, like, 
shit talks him like he fucked it up like he couldn't have just like let me die and then he had to try to like look at me and then ended up you know dooming both of us and it's just really funny because for the longest time she's just like don't talk to me about Orpheus (laughs) yeah that's basically (laughs) Zelda and Orpheus is like I just want to talk about Eurydice all the time I miss my Eurydice Benedict and Zelda. The other day I tweeted a picture of Zelda on the stairs, like glaring Mm -hmm. at Benedict and Benedict just gazing up at her adoringly. And it's truly their dynamic, which is it is Romeo and Juliet, the balcony scene all the time. But if Juliet were actively hostile and hated Romeo. (laughs) Yeah. I just think about, I mean, even with with Psyche. Mm. There are so many times I took photos of them on the staircase together with Psyche looking down at Zelda and Zelda being like, don't come any closer to me. And so yeah. Psyche being like, I just, you want to hang out? <laughs> I will say the good thing is, unlike with Psyche, they don't fight because oh, the second Zelda hisses, Benedict is like, I'm so sorry, my queen. And like hunkers down. <laughs> like he simps for her. It's it's very oh my sweet God. and it's embarrassing like fucking... for him. But Oh my God. It's so funny. I'm just so, thinking like Yzma and Kronk. Yes. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Oh my god. You know, Zelda's my grouchy old lady. And <laughs> Benedict is this sweet, simple himbo who's like, whatever you want, babe, let's do this. So uh, that's so yeah, funny. It's they don't fight, which we're taking as a good sign. It's just I think Zelda needs to learn that the big cat isn't gonna fuck with her because he absolutely respects her authority and her rule as queen of this house. <laughs> but I think she's still learning that, so she's responding with like yeah, himbo in I my don't space. Like that. Yeah. yeah, he sniffed her butt this morning, and she was like, "What the fuck, man?" <laughs> yeah, that actually kind of sounds like my cat and my dog. Yeah, they they just sort of they're they're constantly, but but rather than having one be like the dominant, they're both like constantly testing each other's boundaries. Oh, there's a lot of butts, secret, covert butt, butt sniffing. sniffing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. also like. If the dog is under a blanket, Mona will, like, very slowly, very deliberately walk over to the dog and, like, stick her paw out very slowly and, like, touch the pile of blankets. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or sometimes sneak up behind her and just, like, punch her butt. Yeah, Yeah, that's kind of what's happening here, except Zelda is clearly the authority figure and Benedict is her humble peasant slave, so. Yeah. Yeah, so once Zelda realizes that he will do literally anything she says, I think she'll be much happier. But yeah, it's taking a second. I mean, we also yeah. just like allowed them I was gonna to say, wander it's been freely. A week. Like, it's been like three days since we opened yeah. the doors and, and let no them weeks like since interact. You guys, like, lived there. So. Yeah, and yeah. like the first week, we kept them behind closed doors so they couldn't like look at each other. They could just sniff. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, "Eh, fuck it. Let's see what happens." <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Cat introduction. What are we talking about today? We're talking about spooky government things, because when you're listening to this on Tuesday, tomorrow is the inauguration of the 46th president of the United States, Joseph R. Biden. Yep. And And when we're recording this, it's Monday morning. We are looking down the barrel of the inauguration. I'm basically trapped in D.C. They've pretty much closed up everything. We're like, the the hatches are battened down. Yeah. One and of my Sasha, friends. You live near a base, so all you hear is helicopters. All I hear is helicopters. Actually, that's the other spooky thing that happened last week was that. So I live near one. I live near a fort, and then there is a 
Quantico is down 95 from where I live. So it's not like exactly super close, but it's also not very far. Yeah. And it's close enough that they were doing mortar testing and bombing Jesus. testing this week. So while I was teaching, I just kept hearing boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> like yeah. Just off in the distance through my headphones. And I was like, the windows are closed. I have headphones on. How Why? can I still hear this booming from... Anyway, that was scheduled bombing testing. They're not going to, like, bomb anything. Yeah. But it yeah, was routine. Think- but anyway... But my friend, I have other friends who live in D.C. and work in Virginia, and one of them got her vaccine on, I think it was Friday, and she was like, getting out of D.C. was a nightmare, but yep. I did finally get out, and she was like, I if my appointment had been for any time after today, I would not have been able to get out and get back in, so yeah. it's old, pretty bananas. Old house. Mysterious third roommate let me know that I have a package there because I set up a mail forward, but I'm assuming because of everything going on with USPS, it's like, I mean, who who knows where anything is. Yeah. So I have a package waiting for me there, and I was like, I'm a level with you. I don't think I can get out of the city until after inauguration. Yeah. So I'll and let you know where I can come get it. Even Mysterious third roommate, among a lot of other people, mm-hmm. can't get into the city to like actually go work. Yeah. So that's been a disaster, too, for yes. like a lot of people in this area. So it's- Speaking of, we keep tweeting Mysterious Third Roommate's art link. It's Konkanok, so that's O-C-K at the end, dot threadless.com. Go buy some shit from her. I just bought a shirt from her because, per my request, she put up V-necks because I do not like wearing crewnecks. Yeah, I own a lot of stuff by her now. The only reason I did I only bought the one is because my dresser is like full of t-shirts yeah. that I very mm-hmm. seldom wear. And so my dresser was like, bitch, don't you buy more than one thing. And I was like, but I want something. And it was like, you can get one thing. I love, because of quarantine, because of just like the pandemic and being stuck at home all the time, I now have a very large collection of sweatshirts. Oh, And yeah. so I've added to that with her, with her work. And then... Yeah. A lot of actually, my coworkers have started buying mm-hmm. stuff from her, and so my my very best friend Steph wore yeah the screaming cat shirt to to get her vaccination the other day, and I was like, this is so exciting. <laughs> yeah, so go buy something. In a way, it's a favor to me that she doesn't have more V necks and non crew neck things because <laughs> then I would spend all my money on things that I don't wear that often. Yeah, but you know, I have like three of her masks. Like two yeah, t-shirts, get... a sweatshirt. <laughs> I'm trying not to buy masks because like the thing I keep masks in is just like this essentially a zipper pencil case mm-hmm. and it is stuffed to the brim with masks. I can fit no more masks in there, but we've ordered a thing to put on the wall where we can hang our masks. Hang them. Yeah. So until that arrives, I'm like, I cannot get more masks because I have nowhere to put them. I have a packing cube, you know, like for luggage. Yeah. And the packing cube is just like stuffed with masks. Yeah. Like it's, I'll show you it. It's in my yeah. best drawer. It's this guy. This cannot oh, wow. hold yeah, that's very that small. many masks. It is. And this is, some of the masks are out of it because we've oh worn some Oh my God, that's very them. thick. Yeah, it is uh, yeah. full of masks. And I cannot, I, I cannot have more masks at this juncture in time. Last summer when they were threatening to send us back to school like immediately, Oof. I panic bought like like 30 masks from old AP. <laughs> so <laughs> I have yeah. a lot of masks. And then since then, I've discovered that I really like Uniqlo's Airism masks. So mm-hmm. I've bought a bunch of those. And like my mom and I make our own masks. Yeah. And then like sometimes my friends, like for my birthday and for like Christmas, I got cute masks from people. And so yeah, like, I, got, I got some masks for Christmas. Yeah. And 
that was when I was like, okay, I really, I cannot stuff more yeah. masks in here. This is max capacity. The, the it's barely thing, zipping shut. The, the good thing is, I mean, even with, like, vaccines and stuff, for a very long time, I'm going to keep wearing my mask when I go out in public. So, Same. like, I want to have lots of cute masks. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, like, yeah. I saw yesterday Mysterious Third Roommate's sister posted somebody being like, I can't believe that in the before times, it was just accepted that you would go to work with a cold and everybody yeah. would just get your cold. And it's like, yeah, it's true. I mean, as a teacher of yeah. big kids... And I mean, little, okay, so little kids are really germy and gross, and they get sent to school all the time when they're sick. High schoolers is a mix of parents being like, you're not staying home, you're just going to dick around. Yeah. And the other part was, is high schoolers, especially like IB students and honors students being like, I can't miss a day of mm-hmm. school or else everything's going to go to shit, right? But now I'm just like, I am like encourage like if, if once everything's kind of back to quote normal mm-hmm. yeah it's like if i'm sick i'm wearing a mask at work mm-hmm. if one of my students is sick i'm gonna be like do you still have a mask I'm yeah like, i'm gonna Don't be like that if shit I'm in sick, my classroom if i'm sick yeah. i'm gonna text my work and be like i will be working from home let me know if it's an issue and then if it's an issue and i have to be in for whatever reason mask up yeah like fuck that shit like <sighs> It's just bananas. Anyway, so yeah, like the the real scariest thing is how particularly in America our power through your illness to go to work culture is. That's bullshit. Don't do that That's anymore. Some take bullshit. care of yourself, kids. Hopefully employers will stop being dicks and being like, Well, if you take a sick day, you don't have a job anymore. But we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see. It out. But we hope you're being safe, especially if you're in America and especially if you're near a state capital since white supremacists are out in force. We're being as safe as we can in the D.C. region. I don't think either of us intends to leave the house this week. I sure don't. So. Well, I'm getting my shot on Wednesday. Oh, well, other than <laughs> yeah. that. So, yeah, I don't think. So it's so funny. I was, I was talking to my husband and his brother this week about, like, four years ago on Inauguration Day, I had an appointment with my PCP to get on antidepressants. Oh. <laughs> and then... I went and got pho with my parents at Eden Center, and then my friend who currently lives in Japan and I went to Uncle Julio's and got a chocolate piñata and watched the movie Hidden Figures. And so that was like a very interesting way to spend that inauguration, and this time I'm throwing my mask, throwing a double layer of masks on, going to the hospital, getting an injection, and then coming straight back home, and I'm just like... Damn. (laughs) Four years ago, I thought that Inauguration Day was going to be more fun, but instead I'm getting an injection, like a vaccine for a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Given everything that's going on this week and the scariness that is the American government, we figured we'd talk about spooky government shit. Yeah, so, because a lot of spook, a lot of spooky government shit is like super haunted. Yeah, like and I'm I'm exclusively talking about the U.S. Capitol and the ghosts that are there because there are so yeah. many goddamn ghosts in the Capitol. It is a miracle anybody can get anything done. Like yeah. Jesus. And- I, I was going to try to do some, like, international spook, but I ended up doing more general government spookiness in D.C. outside of the Capitol, Philly spookiness, and then Tennessee spookiness, because apparently their state capital is, like, mega haunted. Haunted, yeah. It's yeah. all super fucking haunted. And it's like, well, no wonder our government is bar- barely functional. There's all these fucking ghosts being like, no. No. <laughs> That's what ghosts sound like, right? 
No. <laughs> anyway, so Ooh. I have I have all of my shit ton of ghosts of the U.S. Capitol. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, you go first. Yeah. Okay. So this comes courtesy of AOC.gov. Don't get excited. I yeah. saw that and I was like, are you I fucking saw it kidding too, and me? I was like, ah, I was like, she likes Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez does she blog about ghosts? Because if she does, I love her yeah. even more. It's it, not. It's the not, architect, it's the architect of, the Capitol, of the Capitol. Which right. is not as exciting. But anyway, <laughs> scarydc.com, legendsofamerica.com, clochereclub.com, and Wikipedia. Shit I donated. My, my phone notified me today that my monthly donation to Wikipedia posted. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Give them some money. We haven't said it in a little bit. Give them some money. Give them some okay. money. Okay. <laughs> I was feeling a little punchy when I did my research yesterday because my opening paragraph is, often the scary white things in the Capitol building are just your run-of-the-mill frightening white people, but sometimes <laughs> they are spooky ghosts because the Capitol is haunted AF. Let's dive in. <laughs> First, let's revisit a very, very early, like we're talking like our ninth ever episode, yep. Spoop Hour story. Demon Cat. Remember Demon Cat? I remember Demon Cat. So Demon Cat haunts the government buildings of D.C., and he's best known for making appearances before, like, major tragedies. So, like, JFK, Lincoln assassinations, Demon Cat was seen just before them, or, you know, maybe some stuff that happened on a certain Wednesday this month. Probably Wait, Demon so Cat was, was spotted before that. <laughs> nobody said they saw him. Okay, but, like, nobody said. Okay, I was, like, thinking, like, oh, my God, did anyone see it on January 5th? <laughs> I mean, a lot has been going on since then. So, yeah. like, maybe the person who saw Demon Cat just forgot to tell anybody. But if you saw Demon Cat, email spoopower at gmail.com. Because I'm pretty sure Demon Cat made an appearance. Anyway, as a haunter of government buildings, it makes sense that Demon Cat would have made an appearance or two at the Capitol. But the Capitol is actually one of Demon Cat's regular haunts. Like, it goes there all the time. Usually, Demon Cat appears inside the building at night, most commonly spotted in the hall between the crypt of the Capitol. That's right. This is the only spooky thing that I'm going to talk about that takes place in the fucking crypt of the Capitol. <laughs> so that tells you how haunted the rest of the building is. Anyway, so it shows up between the crypt of the Capitol and the old Supreme Court chamber because the Supreme Court used to be inside the Capitol. It is no longer. It is in a different building now. Visitors can check the floor outside the old Supreme Court to see a pair of historic paw prints allegedly from Demon Cat itself. So if you ever go oh. there, look at the floor because there's a spot where yeah, it looks like paw, paw prints. prints. And allegedly that was Demon Cat, just little, little kitty paws. So what's up with the Demon Cat love for the Capitol? As the story goes, Capitol Hill used to be Jenkins Hill, and when it was just Jenkins Hill, it was home to a den of black cats, the spookiest kind. But when the Capitol started getting built in 1794, the cat's den was destroyed, and sadly, the cats were never seen again. <gasps> so the rumor has it that Demon Cat is actually the spirit of the mother cat of that den of black cats, who roams the basement of the Capitol looking for her young, trying to reunite with her lost family. Late-night staffers and other evening visitors report seeing a black animal shape darting around the Capitol late at night. So, real quick demon cat update. I googled just demon cat DC sightings, uh -huh. and an article popped up from October 2020 from Washingtonian that says, will the Capitol see the demon cat this year? The demon cat supposedly bodes political turnover and national disaster. 
honestly, Demon Cat could probably safely make nonstop appearances for like yeah. the next year. And we'd all be like, okay. But I was just going to think like if I became a congressional representative someday, just somehow. Yeah. Sure. I think my office, I would decorate with like lots of little black cat things. Oh, yeah. I'd and build, maybe like, a- have like a resident black cat. I'd be like, right. this is my emotional support cat. Yeah, somehow. She lives here now. <laughs> if all of the inflammatory things I've said on this podcast got erased or never linked to me, so I successfully became a representative, I would absolutely build a little den and put a little sign that just put, says, like, Demon Cat, welcome here. <laughs> Courtney, there's someone in Congress who openly believes in QAnon. Like, You're right. And there's that Any Hitler shit guy. that we've said so, like, here, like could not stop us from running for Congress. (laughs) This is Representative Courtney Redacted, who once said, go Saint shit. Anyway, she takes the floor. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) I would absolutely have one of my staffers have, like, a mysterious, spooky thing part of my, like, website. Yeah. Just have, like, a blog. I I would have, like, regular staff meetings, and we'd open by being like, before we get to official business, did anything spooky happen to you? Did anything happen to anybody this week? <laughs> and we'd open the floor. Yep. <laughs> anyway, vote for us in, I don't know, 2024? I think we'll be ready by then. Yeah, maybe 20. push like, it a little longer? 2026? Yeah, I, I'm thinking, like, maybe when I'm in my 40s, I could run. <laughs> okay. So, like, yeah. 2030? 2040. 2040. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. What am I saying? 2030. Yeah, I was like, I, you oh want to my... wait till you're in your 50s? Yeah, come on. No. Yeah, We're old. I <laughs> Accept <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I forgot how numbers worked 2030 <laughs> <laughs> we forgot how numbers work vote for us in 2030 <laughs> don't, don't put me on the finance committee let's just say that <laughs> yeah don't put us on that we'll make a special committee for spooky occurrences in and around dc and around the country we'll co-chair it it'll be great we'll set up an open email where you can submit <laughs> your spooky experiences anyway so let's double back to the old supreme court right Ooh. So, there is a curse of the assistant on the old Supreme Court and on the entire building. So, Capitol architect Benjamin Latrobe, who I believe was named William Benjamin Latrobe, but as far as I can tell, he went by Benjamin. Anyway, he had an assistant named John Lenthal. Lenthal was Clerk of the Works, which is an extremely catchy title that I really enjoy. Clerk Clerk of the the Works. So, during the construction of the Capitol, Lenthal had a bunch of power in terms of, like, building because he was clerk of the work so he's a big deal in the assistant world in 1808 the senate chamber was being moved from the ground floor to the second floor while a new chamber was being constructed one floor down to serve as the home of the supreme court this is now the old supreme court because like i said supreme court has moved but basically they were doing a reshuffling so they were adding a floor up top and they were adding a floor down below to compensate for this like growing space right Anyway, Latrobe went to Philadelphia on business, leaving his clerk of the works, Lenthal, to his own devices. And Lenthal was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to win some brownie points with my employer. I'm going to finish the vaulted ceiling before he gets back from Philadelphia. So then he's going to come back and be like, holy shit, clerk of the works. More like king of the world. I can't believe you finished this all by yourself. Gold star, gold star, gold star. So he was working on the vaulted ceiling in the Supreme Court chamber on Friday, September 16th, and while he was working, he removed some wooden supports from the domed ceilings. Uh-oh. This was Uh-oh. not a good choice. 
because an arch in the chamber collapsed, trapping Lenthal while his fellow workers fled the building in order to avoid further debris. As the legend goes, Lenthal cursed the building with his dying breath, and the curse continues to this day. So what does the curse do? Oh my god. I have no fucking clue. Everybody's like, he cursed it with his dying breath. Nobody says what he cursed it with. Like, is it just bad luck? General bad vibes? Like, what? Also, how do they know they left him there? Exactly. It's like, okay, so nobody heard his dying breath. Are we just assuming that he cursed it with his dying breath? But He's probably like, fuck! Yeah, <laughs> fuck that's, this building! That's what they meant. They wrote down, he was cursing with his diet, dying breath. So they were like, <laughs> oh, this he's building, like, Fuck this construction, fuck the clerk of the works. <laughs> I, fuck hate, I fucking hate buildings, god damn it! And they were like, oh, he was cursing. And then somehow over the years, that got changed to, he cursed the building with building. his dying breath. Fuck! He was just laying there, fuck! Anyway, <laughs> choose your own adventure with this curse. I don't know what it does. I could not find accounts of any effects of the curse. It's just like, the capital was cursed by the assistant. And it's like, can't we call it the clerk of the works curse, too? That's way catchier yeah. than the curse of the assistant. Anyway. Say it ten times fast. Clerk of the works curse. 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 Damn it. Clerse. I made it three. <laughs> and then I said clerse. <laughs> This is not the only ghost who met his end during the construction of the Capitol building, which is unsurprising given that we basically had no workplace safety regulations back then. It was like, yeah. fuck it, do whatever you fuck want. It. You're drunk, go to work, who cares? <laughs> Rumor has it that while the foundation for the building was being set up, a worker, possibly a slave, because that was the point in American history we were at, and we were still doing the whole shitty That's, slavery yeah, thing. Mm-hmm. So somebody hunkered down under a portion of the foundation shelter to take a nap, which, like, I can get behind, like, who doesn't want to nap? But, like, maybe don't nap in an active construction site because right. the other workers did not see him napping. And so they continued to set the foundation. So he got sealed in a tomb of stone. No. Sometimes staffers Fuck. and other visitors report hearing pounding and scratching from within the walls as the ghost of the worker tries to escape. And I put in my notes, thanks, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I buried him alive. What if, what if he's still alive? Oh like, God, he's like 180. And he's he's like, just geez. like he was like actually a vampire or like yeah. an immortal. And now he's like, I regret this. Let me out. Fuck. I hate it so much. Anyway, you're welcome for your spooky story writing prompt. The vampire yeah. who's trapped in the walls of the Capitol. Oh. <laughs> Another construction time ghost. This one's less grim. That one was really rough. This one's just a standard bummer. (laughs) During the construction of the rotunda, which is that, like, iconic... Yeah. The big dome boy. Yeah, the dome boy is the rotunda. (laughs) On December 27th, 1861, a construction worker by the name of Robert Slight fell to his death. Because capitalism is eternal and inescapable, Slight's ghost is usually seen floating beneath the dome carrying a tray of woodworking tools, still trying to complete the rotunda. There is also a ghostly stonemason who was either crushed to death when a wall collapsed or was murdered by a rival worker. There's not a ton of details about him. He's usually spotted doing construction-y things as a ghost. And usually he's seen in the old Senate chambers where he disappears through walls. So he'll be like doing a construction thing and then he vanishes through a wall. Please let them have a break. I know. It's like, you guys are dead. You can just hang out. Like there's a cafeteria there now. You can go listen to all the douchebags talk about what senator they work for. It's fine. (sighs) 
The Civil War also attracted some ghosts to the Capitol, unsurprisingly, because many Union soldiers who became wounded ended up in D.C. for care. Mm -hmm. The Capitol was even briefly converted into a hospital to care for these war wounded. So, like, any soldier who was injured in the vicinity would be taken to the Capitol to undergo standard subpar 1860s medical care, but some medical care. Yeah. One such soldier was undergoing surgery to remove a bullet lodged in his chest when he died on the operating table in front of the Capitol Rotunda. Mm. Late at night, his wails can be heard echoing through the building, and some people have claimed to see him wandering the hall, still in his army uniform. Mm. One such account is given by a staffer in the 1970s who heard a soft moaning and went to investigate, because that's a weird sound to hear when you're at work. Yeah. And he spotted the man in the blue military uniform walking across the front entrance of the rotunda. Ooh. Spooky. Spooky. And now this opens with a fun little trivia bit. Did you know that in the 1850s, bathtubs were installed in the basement of the Capitol so sweaty senators could clean up after hard days? Because I sure didn't, but they did. (laughs) So they're just tubs. I I think, don't they have, I mean, they have a gym there now, so they probably have more showers and stuff, but I can't imagine just, like, going for a soak. (laughs) Like, can you imagine, like, being at work and being like, I need to take a bath. Excuse me. And just like, do, 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 going to sit. Like, I can get shower if, like, you have a physical job or if your work has a gym and so you work out at the gym, you want to, like, rinse. But, like, the luxury of doing a bath time soak is insane to me. Yeah. That's bananas. I mean, okay, in DC's defense, it is a hot, swampy town in the summer. That is true. So, like, and they didn't have AC yet. Yeah, I imagine in the 1850s, it would be a disgusting swampland. And so, like, you would work up a sweat just being like, well, my horse and carriage dropped me out front and I walked into the front hallway and now I'm ready for a bath because it is yeah. nasty like, out I there. I talked for five minutes on the Senate floor. Now I'm tired. <laughs> I need to change my shirt because it's 95% humidity and inexplicably it's not raining. So I'm just going to go do a soak. <laughs> That just reminds me of one of my grad school professors. We were in a very wide and long lecture hall, Mm -hmm. and he wouldn't stand in the front of the the room to, like, give us our lessons or whatever he was very much about like proximity and stuff so he would basically sprint circles around us while he was teaching and then it was a tuesday thursday night class for only four weeks so we were in there for like three hours so during our break he'd go and like shower and change and then come back Imagine instead of showering, he was going to take a luxurious soak in a stone tub. Because that's like, there are pictures online, and I'll try to remember to post one to the Instagram. But like, it's it's literally just like a carved stone bathtub. That's bananas. Which is nuts. I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) It wasn't just senators and other representatives who used these tubs. Vice President Henry Wilson, who was the Veep to Ulysses S. Grant, Ah. frequently used the tubs and was often spotted rushing to preside over the Senate after engaging in some soapy soaks, with one account (laughs) placing him in a towel on a couple occasions. Oh my god. He'd like get you into like taking his bubble bath, and then he'd be like, oh, shit, I gotta go talk. So he'd, like, throw on a towel and sprint to his office. <laughs> Which is insane to me. 
Tragedy struck the evening of November 22nd, 1875, when Wilson fell asleep while soaking in one of the basement baths. Oh. He didn't drown, though. I thought he was going to, like, fall asleep and dip under. So, I, like, when he didn't drown, I was like, phew, he woke up. Great. But he staggered to his office and was laid low with a terrible case of pneumonia because presumably he was in the water for too long. And so he caught a chill because oh. the water cooled off. He died that very night, making it, like, the fastest case of pneumonia in the world. Like, Seriously. Even, even our, like, 31-day president, Harrison, died, like, 31 days after days later. his pneumonia. But I, I nope. was so curious about this bathtub that I Googled Google it, it just now, and the first result was from Senate.gov, Mystery of the Senate Bathtubs. <laughs> and it's a post dated August 17th, 1936. <laughs> And then Atlas Obscura has the photos, and that is that is indeed a stone bathtub. Yep. <laughs> it's exactly wow. what it says. What the fuck? You can't lie and be like, oh, no, that's just like a, a hand-washing state. No, it's a, it's a bathtub. <laughs> also, There's nothing else it could be. Ever since Wilson died, S214, the Veep's office, has reportedly been haunted by his spirit. Sounds of coughing and sneezing echo through the halls even when no one is around, and visitors reportedly smell soap like what used to be used in the bathtubs. Huh. So you'll get, like, a little whiff of, like, old-timey soap, and then you'll hear, like, achoo, cough, 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 cough. And that's Wilson. Wow. Yeah. He's a weird dude. What a way to go. What a way to go. Anyway, what is now the Speaker's Hall in... The Capitol building used to be the Library of Congress until the library's collection, like, overwhelmed the space. So now they, too, are in a separate building because they just have so many books. Right. Despite moving locations, ghostly librarians still roam the original library space. Wow. And they are easily recognized by the sounds of ghostly books being slammed shut and carts wheeling around. So they're doing their little librarian duties. That's cool. Near the speaker's lobby, a ghostly no can be heard echoing. (laughs) And that is the result of the ghost of John Quincy Adams. On February 21st, 1848, JQA rose to give a speech to the House, but in the middle of speaking, or possibly after very dramatically voting no on something, he collapsed. They moved him to the Speaker's lobby, and he died two days later. Nowadays, it's not the Speaker's lobby, but the Lindy Boggs reading room, and it has a bust of John Quincy Adams in it. Staffers report that the JQA bust smirks at them, and John Quincy Adams' ghost makes appearances walking around the room as if he were traveling to give a speech to the House of Representatives. Wow. Yeah. The Senate chamber itself is also super haunted by the ghosts of Senators Daniel Webster and Henry Clay, the latter of whom was Speaker of the House. The two often butted heads over various political issues and human rights violations like slavery and were considered the greatest orators of their time. Even though neither of them died anywhere near the Capitol building, their ghosts have been seen giving speeches on the Senate floor, usually gesticulating wildly as they make their points. (laughs) As they make their points, 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 points. And this is the most detailed story I found of any of the hauntings of the Capitol building. And It was in 1887, and the House side of the Capitol saw a deadly clash between politics and the press, because history repeats itself. And that's the spookiest thing of all. Yep. We don't learn anything. No, although, to be fair, this was a different clash between politics and the press. Okay. So, it's also very spicy. You know I love a spicy story. I love spicy. Let's dive in. 
A correspondent for the Louisville Times by the name of Charles Kincaid got the scoop of a lifetime and subsequently published it. It was a sordid tale of Representative William Preston Talby, who had an affair with a young female clerk and often frequented the patent office with her for business reasons. Ah, yes, to business reasons. Mm. Mm. Darling, would you like to accompany me to the patent office for some winky face? Business. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's business, business time. time. It's patent. <laughs> it's patent time. So Congressman Talby did not love this story. It actually ended his political career. And he grew to hate it because Kincaid kept punching it up to keep it alive. Oh, so, no. Like, he'd just basically be like, and then one time they were at the patent office and somebody walked it. Like, just stuff like that, where he yeah. just, like, kept it in the press. It's like... You know, it's the scoop of a lifetime. I don't blame him. And it was the 1800s. It's not like we had ethical news standards and, you know, we didn't know a lot of what was happening. So what else is he going to publish? Right. So when Talby's political career ended, the story followed him, but he became a lobbyist, meaning that he still frequented the Capitol and saw Kincaid. And now Talby had lobbyist rules, which is to say basically he could do whatever he wanted. Because, like, mm. it's not an elected position, so what the fuck are they going to do to him, right? He's, right. He's a lobbyist. He can do whatever he wants. So he would seek out Kincaid, and he would tease him. And Talby was a lot bigger than Kincaid, because Kincaid was kind of a small dude. So Talby is just, like, this big hulking dude, and he's like, I'm not a congressperson anymore. I can do whatever the fuck I want to you, you little tiny man. So he would just bully him with his considerable height and weight advantage. Wow. By 1890, though, enough was enough. Talby had another run-in with Kincaid near the southeastern stairway by the house restaurant, and Talby pulled the smaller man's ear. And that was game over. Kincaid was like, I have fucking had it. So he had a very proportional response. He pulled a gun out of his coat and shot Talby. (laughs) Talby died 11 days later of his injuries. During the subsequent murder trial, Kincaid claimed self-defense and was acquitted. Everyone was like, wow. right, he was bullying you. You acted accordingly. To this day, Talby's alleged bloodstains mark the stairs, earning them the, the very colorful nickname of the Bloody Stairway. So there's these dark splotches that, like, the rumor has it is that's Talby's blood. Right. But, you know, it's impossible to verify without doing, like, intense, like, forensics testing. Yeah. Staffers and guards of the area have allegedly seen Talby's ghost wandering up and down the stairs where he was shot, searching for Kincaid to have his revenge. Wow. Let me pull up the picture. It's it's something. Oh, see. I see. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I mean, it could be just this, you know, the mineral deposit, but at the same time, it's also kind of yeah. splotchy, and you're like, mm, that could and be blood like that got absorbed. Dark. And when you look at, like, the, the stone like that the splatter. stairs are made out of, yeah, this looks like a splatter, and there's not really splatter elsewhere on the stairs. No, it's just in this one spot. Oh, that's blood. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, girl. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the myriad of ghosts haunting the U.S. Capitol. There are so goddamn many. It that is. That is bananas. Isn't it? Like, oh Jesus. Oh, So I've still got a little bit more general spookiness in D.C. before we move to anywhere else. I'm just going to kind of go through listicle style through all these little short little vignettes. There is a place called the Cuts Madison's House, and it's now part of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit. And it was previously the home of Dolly Madison, who 
is apparently a very mobile mobile ghost because she's seen in a lot of different places. But Dolly Madison has been reportedly seen rocking herself on the porch of the building late at night. I mean, she was a very vibrant woman. Like, she wore she, ostrich feathers, I think, to yeah. her husband's inauguration. Like... She and she's done, she was very she was a very active first lady. So like yeah, yeah when she was alive, she was alive. Yeah, so, so it she, makes sense that her makes, ghost would be like, I go where I want, bitches, Kapew. bitches. <laughs> Lafayette Square Park, and this is the park that's behind the White House, and it's also near the Cuts Madison House. It's the center of the quote presidential neighborhood, and was the site where Philip Barton Key II son of Francis Scott Key, was shot by his friend after having an affair with the friend's wife. The friend was Eat. like, you slept with my wife, and Francis Scott Key's son was like, yeah, I did. And then yeah, he was like, do about boom. It? <laughs> <laughs> Big yikes. So Key's ghost has reportedly been seen in the spot where he was shot in Lafayette Oop. Square Park. And then also another famous ghost who's been sighted around there is President Andrew Jackson. But Andrew yeah, Jackson can kick guy. rocks, so we yeah. don't care about that. Yeah, he can. I will tell that ghost to his fucking face that he's a piece of trash. Yeah, let's go to Lafayette Square Park. <laughs> See what yeah, happens. let's do this. I'm going to be like, uh, where are you, coward? <laughs> and then we'll be arrested because this week we cannot go there. <laughs> no, let's not go there this week. Let's go there in the future when things are a little calmer so I can yell, where are you, where coward, are you, coward, without coward? facing repercussions. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Smithsonian Castle, which isn't a government building, but it's close to a bunch of government buildings, including the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the Department of Energy. I actually spent a lot of time here because my dad worked at the Department of Energy for a really long time when I was little. So, like, the nice. Smithsonian Castle was always where my mom and I would meet him after work sometimes to just, like, go hang out in D.C. Yeah. The Smithsonian founder, James Smithson, was an Englishman who never visited the United States in his life but is buried in the Smithsonian Castle on the National Mall. So they brought his body over after he died. Yeah, so well, Smithson, he, he always wanted to visit, I guess. He always wanted He has his own castle. So yeah. Mr. Smithson's ghost is said to haunt the building. Because sure. he's like, damn, I didn't get to like actually see any of America, but I'm here now. <laughs> the Tidal Basin and Jefferson Memorial, when the fog comes out at the Tidal Basin, Jefferson Memorial can look at look like the creepiest part of DC. And the yeah. warning is, don't fall in, you might not make it back out. <laughs> also, there's something wrong with the stonework at the Jefferson Memorial, so it's like falling apart. And so Jefferson Memorial actually does kind of look like the creepiest building in DC because it's falling apart. <laughs> it's also in kind of a weird place in terms of like the other monuments on the National Mall. Yeah. It's like off to the side, so it's and, kind of like secluded yeah. and just it's, it's weird. It's when a you, weird place. When you take the train into DC, the Metro Rail into DC from Virginia, it's the first thing that you see, but it's like, yeah, it's on the edge of DC next to some water and it's just very it's, you have to walk to get there and it's kind of easily missable because it's not like directly on the mall. It's one of those places, there was one time Jack and I, I think we had gone to look at the cherry blossoms and we took yeah. like a different turn someplace and he's like, this is fine, this will get us to where we're going. And we were walking, we were walking, and then we were at the Jefferson Memorial and I was like, yeah. oh, okay. I think I've probably only been there once in my entire life because I always end up on the other side of the Tidal Basin taking photos of it from a distance and mm -hmm. just, it always looks crowded and I'm like, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Okay, the White House. So I want you guys to all go back and listen to our Haunted DC episode because yeah. it's pretty haunted. Dolly Madison is also supposed, supposedly a regular here because she sure. just 
shows up everywhere. She just hangs out. And the most famous spirit that you've probably heard of rattling about the house is Abraham Lincoln. We've talked about this. So go listen to DC Stands for Demon Cat. Yes. And then finally, the Walsh Mansion. Currently housing the Indonesian Embassy, this is one of DuPont Circle's most haunted properties. The ghost in residence of the Walsh ma- uh, Mansion is the eponymous former owner, Evelyn Walsh McLean, who was oh. one of the last owners of the, you want to guess? Hope Diamond. Hope Diamond. Yeah. yeah. So that's where the Indonesian Embassy is, is w- the former home of the Hope Diamond. Eep. Eep. (laughs) (laughs) They don't have the Hope Diamond anymore, though, so it's probably okay. It's probably okay. We'll see. (laughs) I mean... All right, let's go north a little bit to the city between D.C. and New York, Philly. 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 You guys. Honestly, the, like, first... Probably one of the earliest major cities of America. So Independence Hall, which is the historic building where the United States Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution were debated and signed and created. It was completed in 1753. So it's in like colonial North America terms pretty old. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, I mean, compared to a lot of other things in the world, not that old, but in America... Like cl- it's colonized like, America, as old as it gets, we it's about as, as old it gets. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, the ghosts of Benjamin Franklin likes to make sure things are running smoothly. He's just Ooh. like he just shows up and he's like, "Hey guys, sure, how you What's doing? Going on? Anybody got you any guys, mail? Do you guys hear that I uh, had bodies buried in my basement?" <laughs> he's like the awkward like older like graduated fraternity bro who comes back to the fraternity like 15 years later and is like hey kids did you know that i used to hold the record for like the longest keg stand here because i totally did anyway i just wanted to see if you guys were good but it's ben franklin it's just ben franklin instead of keg stands i mean it might still be keg stands let's be real it's ben franklin let's be real but it's also there were bodies in my base. It's not a big thing. I'm not sure a big you deal. heard about it. Anyway, what are what's the hot what, goss, kids? What's the hot goss? And Benedict Arnold also has appeared there. Sure. Sure. Witnesses claim to see ghostly mists and the apparitions of these two men. All right. <laughs> I wonder sure. if they're friends. I do too, I wonder. Like at this point in time, you know, yeah. probably bygones are bygones. So yeah. it's like you know, let's let's uh, hang out. If, if we're ghost, both going to be ghosts here, we might as well hang yeah. out. Yeah, like, we can't hang out with anybody else because we're ghosts, so I guess we're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> Someone write that fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> Benedict Arnold. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin. Being Benjamin best friends. Benjamin and Benedict. Benjedict. Yeah. Benjedict. Benjedict oh. Arnclin. Yikes. Frankled. Frankled is better. I should have said frankled. <laughs> My bad. (laughs) All right. Another haunted building in Philadelphia. I'm just going to sidestep that. (laughs) Why? Is is the First Bank of the United States. America's first national bank was established by the first U.S. treasurer, Alexander Hamilton, in 1791. So as we all know, because of 
Lin-Manuel Miranda. Hamilton yes. died from wounds inflicted during a duel and left his surviving wife and children with a stack of debt and a haunting spirit. Several Yay. years later, when the f- bank finally reopened, the new owner requested that a priest bless the building. <laughs> Despite the blessing, it's said that Hamilton's ghost still lingers. You can't and bless tw- me away, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> in 2018, it was awarded an $8 million state grant to help refurbish and reopen the 250-year-old bank, but there's no word yet whether Alexander Hamilton stuck around post-reopening. Oh. But Has anyone yeah. tried playing Hamilton near one of the places he haunts yeah just to see like yeah just start singing alexander Alexander hamilton Hamilton. and name is alexander hamilton there's a million things i haven't done and then he the ghost just pops out and goes just you wait wait. just you wait (laughs) (laughs) yep that's exactly what'll happen (laughs) actually no what you do is you do we are waiting in the wings wings for you you. and then he goes alexander hamilton he pops out yeah pops out (laughs) I, I, I want, because podcasts are not a visual medium, I just want everyone to know that Courtney and I both pointed our fingers up into the air. We did, did the, the Hamilton pose. Hamilton pose. <laughs> when it's uh, safe to do things again, we will go and we will sing the Hamilton soundtrack and try and find Alexander Hamilton's Hamilton. <laughs> Washington Square, which is a park in Philadelphia, is one of William Penn's original five squares, and it served as a burial ground for fallen soldiers and victims of the yellow fever epidemic in Philadelphia during the 18th century. The oh. sunny park that exists today, which I'm thinking now, the one time I've been to Philly, I did go there, and I'm like, ah, oh, that was a really nice park. It is actually built atop the graveyard. Oh, good. They moved the headstones. They didn't move the bodies, which we all know from the movie Poltergeist is a great idea. Right. The square is said to be patrolled by the spirit of a woman named Leah who protected the site from grave robbers centuries ago. And then there is also a tomb of uh, the unknown soldier lit by an eternal flame in honor of the Revolutionary War soldiers that are built beneath the square. So there is some acknowledgement that there is a cemetery underneath, but... I didn't know that until but, I did my yeah, research. Yeah, not enough. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> and then there's the Powell House, which was built in 1765 by merchant and businessman Charles Stedman. It's an elegant Georgian brick mansion that was purchased eventually by Samuel Powell in 1769 at the time of his marriage to Elizabeth Willing. Samuel Powell, who was an important and educated man, had toured the continent for seven years before settling down and served as the last mayor of Philadelphia under England and was dubbed the first mayor of the city after the creation of the United States. So he was like a really big deal. And so he was dubbed the Patriot Mayor. And he and his wife were very well known for their hospitality and frequently entertained notable guests like George Washington, John Adams, Benjamin Rush, Ben Franklin, and Marquis de Lafayette. Lafayette! Lafayette! (laughs) (laughs) how much hamilton can we cram into this episode how have we not done like a haunted hamilton episode that's a great question i don't have an answer for you (laughs) how have we not done a haunted hamilton we should do a haunted hamilton episode and like find sightings of the ghosts of all the characters in hamilton yeah i'm sure aaron burr is haunting some shit probably down in mexico where he tried to be king that's a fun fact about Aaron Burr that is not in the musical Hamilton. What got him into trouble and I believe ultimately executed was not shooting and killing Alexander Hamilton. It was because he tried to lead a coup and become king of Mexico. Jesus. He's a mess of a person. Like, he was... 
What a mess of a person. He got very lucky with his Leslie Odom Jr. casting, because Leslie Odom Jr. is amazing. Yeah. The actual Aaron Burr was a clusterfuck of a person. <laughs> so, so, back to the anyway. Powell House. Jesus. Aaron. Hear more in our Haunted Hamilton episode. Yeah, we're going to have to do a Haunted someday. Hamilton episode. Jesus. So, <laughs> Legend says that ghosts of the Continental Army, including General Lafayette and the spirit of Peggy Shippen, the wife of Benedict Arnold, have been spotted at the Powell House. The current caretaker, whose name is Jennifer Davidson, lives at the Powell House and said in an interview with Philly's local CBS station, I have felt cold spots. I have a lot of people that come to events here at the house and tell me quite frankly and matter-of-factly, you know you're not alone here. (laughs) Oh, that's so creepy to hear. That's so creepy. And as for, like, footsteps and, like, weird noises, her husband, who also lives at this house because they're the caretakers, has heard footsteps on the floor above when he's in the basement and he knows his wife isn't around. So Good. Good. <laughs> Seems right, fine. For my last little bit, if we thought the nation's capital was haunted, we're going to go down south a little bit, down to Tennessee, because Tennessee's state capital is apparently super haunted. Yay! So... The Tennessee state capitol is the only state capitol that also doubles as a mausoleum. Good. Good. And it's home to the remains of two sworn enemies who argue even in the afterlife, a ghost who haunts the cupola at the top of the building, and a ghost that has been guarding the flagpole and protecting the ground since the American Civil War, and, you know, enslaved men and stonemasons prisoners and all kinds of people who built the capitol. And there's also three state presidents who, or sorry, three United States presidents who haunt, and one is actually buried uh, in the garden there. So lots, lots of weirdness with the Tennessee state capitol. So architect William Strickland, who designed and oversaw the construction of the Greek revival structure, was the first person to be buried within the capitol. He passed in 1854 before the building's dedication, but made sure that everyone knew where he wanted to be buried. So true to his request, his final resting place is found in the northeast corner of the capitol. So he was like, I'm building this, I am dying, I want to be buried here. (laughs) Which Reminds me a lot of my friend Jeff, who works with me at my school. He's like, I'm going to work until the day that I die at my desk, and you guys can bury me in the courtyard. And I'm like, all right, I will oversee okay. that. Okay. I'll make a nice little, like, Jeffrey Smith Memorial Garden. And then <laughs> the I'll court- remove the tombstone, because that's the thing you do, is you, you take away the label, so then people don't know. Yeah. We'll just pretend that Jeffrey is not <laughs> buried there. Yikes. Samuel D. Morgan is the second uh, person to be buried there. He was buried in the southeast corner of the Capitol in 1880. While the building was under construction, Morgan was the chairman of the Capitol Commission, working with the architect Strickland to manage the project. The two couldn't agree on anything and would always fight over expenses and building costs. Legend has it that their feud continues even into the afterlife because they were built, <laughs> buried in the same location. You know, one is in the northeast and one's in the southeast, and they're both like, fight me! <laughs> yeah, you won't come over here and say that to my face, you fucking coward! <laughs> and so there's apparently, like, audible quarrels between the two that usually start at about 9 p.m., and some say the two scream at each other so loudly you can hear them fighting outside the building. 
So it's like, they are loud ghosts. State Capitol employees have reported seeing a woman dressed in fancy antebellum era garb leisurely strolling by, and some believe her to be the wife of the 7th President of the United States, Andrew Jackson. Again, Andrew Jackson can go kick rocks. Fuck that guy. But there's the question of why would Rachel Jackson be haunting the premises? She passed away at the Hermitage, which was where she lived and is currently buried. So most likely she's actually haunting the Hermitage and not the Capitol. So people are wondering, like, so... Then who is who this fancy antebellum gar- uh, garb lady who leisurely yeah. strolls by? So there's a fancy lady. <laughs> the 11th president of the United States is also said to haunt the Capitol grounds. According to several accounts, a man dressed in a dark suit has been seen kneeling in front of James and Sarah Polk's tomb. Apparently, as passerbys get closer, the man seems to slowly dissipate until he disappears completely. Those who've witnessed it say it's James Polk staring at his own gravesite. And curiously, he and his wife's remains have been moved three times, and there is another possible move in the works. So people think that maybe his ghost is sticking around out of annoyance that he is so often bothered that he's like, can you guys just let us, like, rest in peace? Like, you know the guy, you know the phrase rip? Right? Rest in peace? Can you guys let us do that? It doesn't mean rip us from our graves. It means let us fucking be where we are. And I, my my like little thought about this is that it's James Polk's ghost who's always cited there because his wife Sarah is probably like they're at it again. Can you go like talk to them? Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you have noisy neighbors. Can you just can you just can go, you talk, just to go them? Like, talk to them? Like I'm trying to fucking sleep. Yeah, just come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Christopher Coleman in a blog post titled. Tennessee's haunted capital, the Cupula Ghost, talks about the Confederate soldier said to haunt both the inside and outside of the Capitol building. Apparently, sitting on top of the large Capitol is a large glass cupola over which the United States flag flies. But in 1862, the Confederate flag flew over the building. So apparently, during the American Civil War, after the forts that protected the Tennessee and Cumberland Rivers fell, Union troops managed to zone in and occupy Nashville. And as soon as they stepped foot in the city, they headed to the Capitol to yank the Confederate flag off its pole and replace it with the American flag. Their plan was slightly delayed when, in the cupola at the very top of a spiral staircase, they found an armed rebel guarding the flag, and before he could speak, they shot him and his lifeless body went tumbling down the stairs. And so, most recently, a construction crew was hired to renovate the structure, and they swore they saw a dark, misty figure standing near the top of the staircase of the cupola. They didn't really know who the specter was, but they felt threatened. They were like, whatever this thing is does not want us there. This is and not our friend. they also reported being pushed violently and told, don't touch the furniture, which is the same furniture that had then been inexplicably moved to its original location. So it's just this eternal Confederate ghost who is, like, haunting the cupola, being like, fuck out of here. And the construction workers are like, we're just trying to do our jobs. And also, you're a traitor to this country. But also, fuck you. (laughs) Also, fuck you. Yeah, so that's that's some, uh, some East Coast government hauntings. There's more. When I was like, haunted government buildings, I got shit for like Minnesota and, you know, Colorado and Florida and Oregon. Like, there's all sorts of shit. Like, we could just keep going. Yeah. 
what's the spooky haunted government building near you? Email spookhour at gmail.com and tell us about it. Like, have you ever gone on a tour of your state capitol and they've been like, anyway, here's where 18,000 bodies are buried just because. Tell yeah. us. And this doesn't even like we didn't even get into like international no, government buildings that are spooky. For and sure, a bunch there's... of haunted buildings internationally that are government affiliated. Yeah. Like, I mean, Jesus. Like, the Tower of London. That oh shit is God. haunted as fuck. It and has that... its own dedicated ravens. Like, yeah. how much more haunted can you get? Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, All right. thanks for listening. Be safe this week. Avoid white supremacists. They are shitty, and we don't want you guys to get hurt. You know, be safe, hang in there, don't doom scroll too much, drink a glass of water, wear your mask, wash your hands. Tell us about your spooky haunted governments. Take a nap. I'm sure somewhere someone has elected a ghost as mayor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's always been elections where people write in or vote for, like, the dead person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it. Spookyr.gmail.com. If you have any ideas for topics, like today when we were like, oh, shit, Hamilton! Yeah. Tell us if there's some some topic that you're like, oh shit, they should do that. Let us know. We should do that, but we can't do it unless you tell us. So tell us. Tell us. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hang in there. We love you. Spooky. Spooky. Are you fascinated by mysterious legends, the paranormal, or UFOs? Do stories of murder, missing persons, and con men send you down internet rabbit holes? Did you grow up watching the TV show Unsolved Mysteries? Does Robert Stack's voice haunt your nightmares? Then our podcast is for you. I'm Liz. And I'm Samantha. Join us every Wednesday as we discuss the original Robert Stack episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. Follow along with us on Amazon Prime or just tune in for our weekly podcast. We are on iTunes, Google Play, and social media at Perhaps it's you.